Hey everybody, welcome to the Creative Processing Podcast. My name is Joe Gordon-Levitt. The idea of this show is to have a conversation about the creative process, inspired by one question. That question comes from you out there asking questions on the internet, and then I find a guest that I think is well-suited to answer that question, and we have a conversation. My guest this week is Omid Memar. He is a fantastic young actor. I recently worked with him on a movie called 7500, which is not out yet. Um, This is a a movie I'm really proud of, and uh, the acting was very, very challenging. I dare say it was as challenging as any acting I've ever done, and uh, he's so good in the movie. Omid is just every moment is so honest and and real and uh, heartbreaking and human. He's a young guy. He's just really getting started in his career. He's I think he was 18 when I worked with him, and I think that made him particularly well suited to answer this question. Question came from Megan Culbert from Springfield, New York, and uh, she asked, "How do you balance the inner need to create with the practical need to bring in a paycheck?" This is a big question, and I. You know, I have to admit, I'm coming from a, uh, a a lucky and a privileged position to talk about it. Um, I've been fortunate to make money as an actor since I was six years old, and uh, I'm sitting in the rare and fortunate position right now of of uh, having enough money to be comfortable in my life. So I have a particular perspective on where making money intertwines with making art or being creative. I do think, though, that there's sometimes, oftentimes, in our culture, too much emphasis put onto whether or not one makes money doing the thing that they love to do. There's almost like a condescending attitude in, like, Western capitalist culture about if you do something and it's not the thing that you do for a living then you must not be as good at it or it must you must not take it seriously or it must not be as important as if you do it professionally. And honestly, I think that's really a problematic way to think about it. You know, I know plenty of people who make a lot of money, uh, or I should say I know of <laughs> plenty of people who make a lot of money uh, doing various creative things in the movie business or whatever who... It's not something that they love. It's not something that they're you know, getting the kind of fulfillment out of that I think is I think is really the valuable part of being creative, of doing art. And I also know plenty of people who do their thing. They, they draw or they make music or they write or they, they're doing their creative thing and it's not their career and they don't make money doing it, but it's a deeply meaningful thing and they get a lot out of it. And I sort of feel like one of the things I would like to accomplish with my fortunate platform to be able to like have a podcast and have you guys listening to what I have to say or the work that I do with my company at Record, et cetera, like one of the things that I'd like to put forward, one of the ideas is, hey, even if you're not making money, that doesn't mean that you're not a real artist. And that's not to say that you shouldn't 
pursue the money. And that's not to say that having money involved is bad or, or in any way contaminating, but it's just not all there is. It's not all there is. You know, the, the truth is, is that oftentimes if you're going to make it your career, you'll run into circumstances where your creativity has to take a back seat to your career. And I've definitely found myself in situations where I'm like, well, this is part of being an actor. I'm having to do this today, but man, I don't like it. <laughs> I feel not only do I not feel creatively inspired, I feel like this is deadening my creative spirit. I've definitely had plenty of days like that. Um, and I don't know. I've, I've definitely had moments where I've wondered, maybe I shouldn't be doing this professionally. Maybe I would get more out of this if it weren't how I earn my living. If I were just doing my own creative thing and didn't have to worry about what impact it might or might not have on my career, on my livelihood. I could see real upsides to that. But it's something that I think I probably talk about less on this podcast because I like to put more emphasis on the creative process itself and less emphasis on career building. But the honest truth is that in many ways they are inextricably linked and it's you know it makes perfect sense that I think a lot of people are curious about that and so this is an episode where uh, we get into talking about that and I'm, I'm talking about it with Omid who is figuring this out for himself right now so why don't I take you to this conversation I think you'll like it ladies and gentlemen Omid Mimar Okay, Omid, thanks for doing this. You're welcome. <laughs> so, um, so like I told you, uh, each episode of this show starts with a question. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think you'll be good to answer this question, good to spawn a conversation around it. Uh, the question comes from uh, someone named Megan Colbert. She lives in Springfield, New York. And her question is, how do you balance the inner need to create with the practical need to bring in a paycheck. So I thought this would be interesting to talk to you about because you're a young guy just getting started on a career and um, this has got to be something that's on your mind as far as uh, balancing creativity versus financial security. Do you mind talking about that? Yeah, of course. Why not? I'm just thinking I already had this conversation today with Passer. <laughs> Oh, really? Uh, you know Passer. Yeah, of course. He's yeah, another actor in yeah. 7500. And I had also this conversation with Patrick Folrad. Today? No, not today, but six months ago. Okay. It was Who's like... The, the writer and director, exactly. co-writer of 7500. Yeah. First of all, I started with acting when I was 14. Yeah. I'm 19 right now. So I never really needed money. I was in school. I was with my parents. I was fine. I really did it because I loved it. Yeah. So I don't really think about it right now, but sometimes I think, man, I love it, but I would also love to have a family. Right. And you never know what will happen. So I'm also talking with this about this with my parents. Mm -hmm. And, man, I'm from a family. My parents are 
doctors, engineers. And who's a doctor and who's an engineer? My mother is a doctor, yeah. my father is an engineer. Uh-huh. They're really proud of me and I'm, I'm really proud to, to have the chance to go this way. But I'm really scared with my 19 years because I know one day I want to have a family and I don't know what will happen. Yeah. Well, the first thing I actually want to say while we have microphones in front of our faces is just that personally, my opinion is you are an extremely talented actor. You're very, very good at it. The work that we got to do together on the movie uh, 7500, there was always so much honesty coming from you. And uh, seeing the movie all done, um, audiences won't be able to see it until next year it comes out on Amazon. But I've seen the movie all done now. And uh, you're, you're just, you're fantastic in it. Uh, so that's the first thing I wanted to say. Uh, how, uh, you, you mentioned already that you started when you were 14. I actually haven't heard that whole story from you. How did it first happen? Oh, okay. Um, first of all, thank you. <laughs> and um, man, it's a really, really strange story. So I always loved acting mm-hmm. s- since I'm a kid, since I'm four or five. When were you, what, what context were you acting when you were four or five? I was in my room uh-huh. <laughs> and I saw movies yeah. and I imitated actors. Just by yourself, talking to yourself in your room? I, yeah. did, I did that too. I still do, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but one day I was in the eighth grade, something like this, and I was bad in school because of a girl. Uh-huh. So I spent a lot of time with her and my father was a little bit disappointed. Mm-hmm. And he told me we will not make holidays because normally in summer I go to Iran to see my family and we didn't do it this year. Because you got some bad grades at school, you didn't yeah. go to Iran. Yeah, wow. exactly. Okay. That's my family. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but it's nice. And my mother knew I love acting and she saw that all my friends are gone. I was always at home. And she wanted me to do something to go out because I'm a active person and she saw me in my room 24/7. So my mom checked on internet and saw a acting camp for 5 days. Uh-huh. And I went there and it was nice and I had a really really nice teacher. Uh-huh. Uh, his name is Sebastian Fritz. Yeah. I really really love him. He's still in touch with him? Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, that's He's one great. of my best friends. So this camp you were doing like theater was it scenes from plays scenes from movies improvisation what kind of stuff all um 90 improvisation uh-huh. and we had the chance to choose scenes that we love from movies uh-huh. and do it with him uh-huh so it was it it was awesome But you'd acted with with him exactly not with other students no we did we i think we were like 10 students i was the only uh man <laughs> uh-huh. he saw that i'm a little bit alone so he he worked with me right So we had a very nice relation from the beginning. And one day he told me, man, you need an agency. You really need to continue and, and do this. Then, man, I was, I was working on me, on my creativity, how to, to work on scripts, yeah. how to, to become better, how to become an actor. So it was the first time that... He, this topic had ever been broached to you. It was your acting teacher, Sebastian, saying, hey, you need to get an agent. And once he brought that up to you, then 
are you saying your your level of focus sort of reached a higher level and you were driven by the creativity of it but also now driven by the prospect of hey maybe this is something i can pursue in a in a professional way for me it was always strange because i had this feeling in a very very young age mm-hmm. i mean i was 14 yeah and i really wanted to be one of the best and i always wanted to be the best version of myself and it was it was really important for me yeah it's like strange because if you're young and you 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 begin with acting or everything you you love you improve very very fast so you you improve very very fast and At one first. day you stop <laughs> and it's like this yeah so you're like a you're plateau stuck. exactly yeah and man i was depressed about this one year ago one year ago okay yeah. so you'd already done some jobs Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh-huh. But I was depressed on it. I was like, man, I'm not becoming better anymore. Uh-huh. I'm just going to set and doing my stuff, things I already know, uh-huh. and I'm not becoming better. And I was like, man, I am scared about not wanting to be better. Mm-hmm. I just, I need to become better. Mm-hmm. And if I don't feel this, I'm lost. Yeah. I'm lost in this business. Yeah. It was very, very difficult for me. And I would really, really love to tell this to people. That's exactly the moment you have to continue to pursue your way. I think it's one of the most important moments of your career. Mm-hmm. And it it's not important what you do. There is a moment you don't know how to continue, how to pursue your way. And that's the moment you're becoming better. Yeah. But you don't realize it. Mm-hmm. So it's a moment you need time for yourself to understand what you really want and you have to stop and be thankful for everything you already did mm-hmm. because human beings are not thankful for <laughs> things they already have yeah we have done so much things everyone every human being has done so much incredible things but we're not thankful for them mm-hmm. we all always want more and more and more and more and be better and better and better i know how that feels yeah yeah and i think you Every human being who's doing art but also other things has to has to know that. I don't know if there's one year you don't know what to do, it's okay. Take your time. You you need time for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then continue. One day you you will feel that you want to improve again. And I feel it. I felt it again, I think like two months ago. Yeah. And I'm really, really happy about this because I also experienced that I need other experiences. I can't already, always do the same things. Mm-hmm. I'm also doing music. Are you doing some music now? Yeah, yeah, of course. I think since two years. Because I realized, man, I don't know how you feel about it, but when I'm doing acting, I, I love doing acting, but when I do music... That's time for me. That's how I feel about it. I've never pursued music professionally. And, you know, if I'm totally honest, I think I probably have mixed feelings about that. Sometimes I I think, oh, I should have, or I should now. But, you know, there's only so many hours in the day and only so many days in the week, and you you, you have to prioritize in life. You can't necessarily just do everything. And uh, in the end, I... Well, it's not the end, but as of now, I should say, I do feel satisfied and feel like it's actually a really important thing for me that I have a creative outlet that I've been doing my whole life, music, 
that I feel very passionate about and that's not tangled up in a professional career at all. It doesn't, it not, it, that part of it just doesn't enter into the equation. I just do it because I love doing it. That's the best form of art. So I want to get back to something you said a second ago that um, the odds are, the odds are bad to make a living as an actor. Lots of people would love to be able to earn their living as an actor and only so many, there's only room for so many people to have that kind of uh, professional career. Obviously, anybody who wants to can be creative, but when it comes to making money being creative, that's a limited sort of space. Mm -hmm. How do you think about that when, when, you, when you confront that, the reality of, of those odds? Man, I'm really thankful that I had the privilege to, to start when I was 14 because sometimes I think if I would start today, I wouldn't do it. Uh -huh. I wouldn't start today, probably, because I wouldn't believe in myself. I wouldn't, I wouldn't believe I could live a, li a life like this that it's, I'm living right now. I have the same feeling. Sometimes I can't explain why I'm feeling like this, but I believe in path. A path, did you say? Yeah. You mean like destiny or something? Exactly. I yeah. believe in, in my path. I believe in destiny. I believe it was destiny that I was in this camp. I'm just thinking, I feel so good right now with the things I did, with the chances I had. Why shouldn't I pursue my way? Yeah. But I know it's, but I also know it's, it's, it's really dangerous. I don't want, want to tell guys uh, you have to do this because I know it's dangerous. I know I can, I can also fail. Right. I don't know. It's complex. It's really, really complex. But I, but I think I would do the, the same art if I wouldn't make money. Yeah. That's what I think. And I would, I would do acting also if I couldn't, couldn't make money out of it or I wouldn't be in this business. Yeah. And the, the main reason why I, I think I, I should stay in this business is because I can't imagine doing something else. Yeah. I really can't. You mentioned a minute ago that you've spoken with your parents about this and that they feel proud, but I'm curious to hear more about that. How have they asked you about this? Have you had conversations about this? What's the dynamic in your family around, around this? My parents are proud of what I'm doing because I'm doing what I love and I'm, I'm really, really focused. And they know I wouldn't be so focused with something else. Uh -huh. But I think they're scared because they know this business isn't is tough. Yeah, I think they they want me to 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 be safe, to have a good life, to ha have the chance to 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 get a family, to feed a family. Yeah. So that's the reason why they want me to study something and to do something else to have a plan B. Right. Have you had conversations about university? Yeah. And and so you're not going to university now. No. Right. Because. I told him, I'm young. I would also be a young student with 23 or 24. So right now I feel just like I have to do this mm -hmm. and I need practice. And that's all I want right now. So I just want to shoot movies. When I don't shoot movies, work with myself, with my music mm -hmm. or work on my skills and improve my skills in acting. Because when you're an artist, you, it's not like a button you can put an on or off. 
Mm-hmm. You're, you're always an actor. I sleep as an actor. I, <laughs> I wake up as an actor. Uh-huh. I can tell you, uh, I work on my art for two hours and then, then I go to sleep and I do this. I go out with my friends. I always think about art, mm-hmm. about creativity. Mm-hmm. That's why I want to do this right now. And that's yeah. all I want to do. Yeah. Art. That's all. You mentioned I'll still be a young student even if I go to university when I'm 23 or 24. Do you have an understanding with your parents or is there a, a plan that's that specific as like, okay, so at a certain age I will go to university or anything? Or have you, at this point, are they comfortable just saying like, okay, cool, do this for now and we'll make decisions later? Yeah. It's like this, yeah. Because they know I I want to have a family, so right. I I will take this I will take this decisions by myself. Yeah. One day I will understand if I can continue or not, or how my chances are, if I should start as studying something or not. Yeah. But I also talk to myself, man. I'm always thinking about art, mm-hmm. about creativity. How can I do p- things better? I think it could be better for me to also study something, just find interest in 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 other aspects in life. Well, so speaking of, so you yeah, you said your dad is an engineer and your mom's a doctor, so they yeah. they had a different path in life. Man, it's crazy because my father, in my age, that's what I talked about yesterday when we, we watched the movie at the Locarno Festival. Yeah, I just thought, man, I'm 19 and I'm looking a a movie at the Locarno Festival with my parents and my father was in war with 19. Oh, what war? Uh, Iran-Iraq. Okay. Yeah, for for two years. And he was studying while he was there. Uh-huh. So I just think to myself, so wow. And, and I'm so thankful to my parents because I know they did all they did for me and my, my, my sister because we can do what we want. Mm-hmm. My parents couldn't do what they want. Mm-hmm. What I really have from my father, what I earned from my father is um, to be thankful. Because my father always told me it's about the meaning. It's like my father, he never get a gift or a present. And one day, one day he got a pencil from, from, my, from my grandmother. Uh-huh. And it was like the best day of his life. <laughs> right. right. So sometimes I'm, I'm really ashamed because we are not thankful enough. Do you think that that background of uh, your parents growing up in Iran and then moving to Austria and then Germany and that past and do you think that that impacts the way that they view your choice as to what you want to do for a career? Of course, of course I do. But I think they they want me to, they're, they're proud of me and I think they're also proud of themselves that I can do acting right now. Right, right. Understand what I mean? Yeah, that that's a great victory. That they, that that's what it, you know, they because earned that ability it, for you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm able to do what I want mm-hmm. because of my parents. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm really, really thankful about it. I know I'm, I'm telling this for the for time or something, mm-hmm. but I'm really, really thankful for me and for, for my sister. And I'm really thankful to to sit here and talk with you about all these things that happens, I'm just thankful, man. Yeah, that's a great way to be. So another question about the balance between creativity versus financial security 
and I think we've we've touched on this, but I want to dive it into it specifically a bit. Part of making money as an artist is obviously the value of the money itself, but there's another part to making money as an artist that isn't about the monetary value of the money. It isn't about what you can buy with the money. It's just sort of the symbol of the money, of what it represents. There's a certain validation that comes along with making money. I don't know if that validation is healthy or unhealthy, but I know that I've felt it. Uh, tell me about the first time you ever made money for, for uh, I guess it was for acting. Yeah. Yeah. My first movie was a cinema. I think, yeah, it was a cinema project. Mm-hmm. It was my first casting. And I had really? To yeah. You got was... the part on the, your first audition? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, was... that's really uncommon. Yeah. <laughs> that was really nice. And <laughs> I had a main role. And it was... It what? Was, yeah. <laughs> it was really, really nice. It was I didn't a, know that, man. Uh, do you know The Famous Five? It's a book for children. Uh-huh. It's very, very famous mm-hmm. in, in Germany also. So they did movies about them. And okay. I was in the... I was in Famous Five Four. I was in the fourth... Uh, the fourth movie, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So... I was there and I made I made money. I, still today, I don't know how much. Really? Wait, how old were you? 14. You don't know how much money you made? I have absolutely no idea. I was 14. I didn't have a bank account. Right. I didn't have anything. I, I didn't care about it. But I, I saw people on set who really cared about it. Sure. So the other actors who talked about, about this, that they earn more than the other actor oh people were talking about how much much they they get uh-huh. and that they're better than others wow and i was like this world is crazy <laughs> this world is crazy man we're these were other young actors other kids yeah, yeah, yeah. they were talking about how much money they were making yeah yeah wow that's crazy yeah that's crazy because i was like man you're 14 yeah you could also understand it being natural though for a 14 year old to like I, I didn't do that either when I was that age making money. I wasn't discussing how much I was making. But mm-hmm. I could understand a 14-year-old kid who gets paid to do something wanting to brag about it. I I did my share of bragging when I was younger. I started when I was like uh, six and I remember bragging. I don't think I bragged about the the number of dollars I was making. But I, I did plenty of bragging until uh, the other kids started making fun of me for bragging and then I realized oh I don't want to do this anymore so in my experience it's like what's crazy for me is man I I just realized it today we we, we made such a good movie <laughs> it was so so human so natural but all these festivals I don't feel natural there I yeah, don't no. feel. I don't know if you understand what I mean, but oh man, do I! Yeah, you no. there. They make. They make photos, yeah. pictures. Yeah. They talk with you. <laughs> it's so. It was strange for me because I don't don't know this. You you know it much better than me, but it was, it was just like so, pervert to me that you make so natural films and have yeah. to to do things that are so unnatural. Yeah. That's I, so strange for me. I think me. It's, a, it's a healthy reaction to all the, <laughs> all the fanfare. I, I, it, you're right. It's become kind of normal to me. Uh, and I, I don't let it bother me anymore. I still, I never really like doing the whole promotional part. Um, 
But I remember uh, the first time I ever did it because I'd been, I started acting, you know, I started doing jobs and I would do little parts. And so for the first number of years of acting, I never had to do any promotion because when you're doing like one line, two lines, one scene here and there, you're not getting interviewed. You're not doing any press. Mm -hmm. The first time I had to go and do promotion, I was 12. Uh, it was for the movie Angels in the Outfield. And I remember having the exact feeling you're talking about. And Angels in the Outfield is a very different movie than 7500. Um, <laughs> but even still, going and doing you know interview after interview and getting your photo taken and stuff, I know it sounds it probably sounds counterintuitive to, to anybody who hasn't experienced it. It probably sounds like uh, like I'm spoiled or or like i'm not appreciative of the the lovely good fortune that i have um and this is why i try not to feel too negatively about doing promotion but uh it really is kind of objectifying and um awkward and you're really kind of turned into this weird like beauty pageant piece of meat and um then there's the sort of adversarial part of it where some journalists are, are going to try to make you look bad because if they can make you look bad then that's you know good for them and that's not most of them but that definitely that exists and I've experienced it and so the whole thing is just really stressful and unrewarding and it feels so divorced from the creative part of it that I love so much yeah. and the funny thing is that those images of like walking the red carpet or things like that those are what are oftentimes, I think, aspired to. Like, this is what being an actor is all about. Like, the glorious moment of what it's all about is, like, getting to walk that red carpet or, like, you know, win an award and stand up on stage and hold up a trophy or these kinds of things, which uh, to me are so, so, so removed from mm -hmm. uh, the part that I've gotten a lot of joy and, and fulfillment from. So... All that to say, uh, I think it's a good thing that you're having that reaction to being being here at the film festival. It's, uh, I think that's healthy. I want to ask about your own creativity outside of your professional pursuits. Are there things that you do, creative things, that are completely not professional at all? You mentioned you were doing music, but I'm not sure if that's something that you are thinking about professionally or not or are there other things you do that are just kind of purely for the the experience of it um, well the music is one of the biggest parts of my creativity for my movies i i work with music all the time uh-huh all the time music is the one of the most important things for me in life what do you what do you, are you do you play instruments are you yeah, composing I'm piano or? I didn't know you play piano. Uh, now you do. <laughs> That's awesome. So when you say you make music, are you sitting and just playing piano? Are you composing stuff? Are you using MIDI? Are you sampling? What what kind of music? Sometimes are you I, I I play music. I, I play on my piano. Yeah. I'm composing something, and I'm singing. Or you write songs? Yeah, of course. I'm I'm rapping. Okay. Uh, I do rap. Great. So in German. In German, exactly. Mm -hmm. And and a little bit French, a little bit French. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Pas mal tout ça. Merci beaucoup. So normally I just go out, and I'm writing what I feel. So music is the, is 
also so relaxing for me because uh, it's really time for me. And that's what creativity is about. Sometimes I have to play things I can't explain, but I hear a song and I, I feel what I have to, to play. And does, it, does, that, does that feeling you're talking about, of there's something inside me and I have to get it out, does that happen more with music than it does with acting? No, but acting isn't about me. It's about me playing other things. Yeah, yeah. But music is about me. It's what, what I feel. Right. And I need to feel well to play other roles also. So I can't do acting without music and I can't do music without acting. Yeah. It's, it's strange. That makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah, I actually think you might have articulated something that's true for me as well that I maybe never quite understood so uh, so specifically. But you're right because uh, um, yeah, when you're acting, you're playing another character. I, I experience this. And but when I'm making music, sometimes I make music sort of as a character, but oftentimes, yeah, it's it's me getting to be me. I have that envy when I see like musicians or. Stand-up comedians, sometimes I have the same feeling. Like, oh, they're just getting to say what they think. Because as an actor, you don't, you don't quite do that. You know, yeah. It's always indirect. You can say what you think, but you do it through a metaphor. You do yeah. it through a narrative or things like that. Uh, so you need to have that. It sounds like that's almost like therapeutic for you. Of course. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the best things I ever, ever did in my life. I'm so glad that I started to write about my feelings. It was, I didn't start with rap like this. Uh, I started with poems. Uh-huh. I started writing about my feelings. It was just like I was writing something and I was just like, oh, wow, that's, that's, that's me. Yeah. I love the idea about writing about myself to understand myself. Yeah. So I started with poems and then I continue with writing verses and so I continue and I improved my skills and it was it was also nice for me in this year where I was a little bit depressive about creativity in my in my acting life mm-hmm. so I was creative about myself and with myself and I write so much about myself about my songs I, I made so much songs mm-hmm. I have so much on my on my on my phone yeah. but now it's also funny because I can't write anymore but I can do acting Right. So of my, there's a time for everything. Yeah. Um, okay, last thing. Like I said, the, the questions that um, spawn these conversations come from folks out there on the internet. We get a lot of great questions, some of which can inspire an entire conversation like this, and some of which are just off topic and kind of weird. So I've been enjoying ending these episodes uh, with... Um, just an off-topic question. Mm-hmm. This actually isn't that weird, but it's it's off-topic. But I thought it was a, a good question. Um, it comes from uh, Sandra Holloway, from San Diego, California, and her question is: What's the one thing that always reminds you of your grandma? <laughs> <laughs> and I should say, it's actually really sweet. We, uh, Lexi, the producer of this show, and she followed up with uh, Sandra, and and told her that we wanted to use her question. Sandra said, oh, I'm thrilled that you like my question. I was very close to my gran, and, and she died this spring at 98, 98 and 11 months. And here, look, this is a, she sent a picture of her grandma. Oh, so sweet. I know. <laughs> wow. So uh, you wow. do one and I'll do one. What, what always reminds you of your grandma? I honestly think a lot about my grandma because uh, she, she, she came to Vienna when I was born in Vienna, mm-hmm. and my parents were studying. Right. So she came with my grandfather. Yeah. 
Is your mom's mom or your exactly. dad's mom? Your mom's my mom. mom's mom. She's just like a mother to me also. Mm-hmm. So normally I think about her when I f- don't feel good. Uh-huh. I don't feel good. Norm- normally I, I call my grandma. Uh-huh. So I always think about her. That's re- that's a really nice photo. Yeah. <laughs> that's really, really lovely. Yeah. And you? Uh, I was going to say... Um, What always makes me think of my grandma is horseradish. You know what horseradish is? No. No. <laughs> There's I don't know the word for it in German. You probably you probably have it because yeah, it, it comes from uh, an Eastern European like Jewish tradition. It's like it's the root that you grind up, sort of white. It's sort of spicy, but it's uh, it's it's different than like spicy chili peppers or something. Oh, it's okay, like, okay. Uh, and you put it on beef or sausages or things like that. Okay. 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 And uh, it's, it can be really powerful, especially if you make it fresh. If you buy it in a jar at the store, it's only so powerful. But when you first grind up the root, if you like take a big whiff of the horseradish, it'll like really hurt your whole, oh, like it'll, okay, okay. it'll clear out your, si- your sinuses, like really, it burns it up. And so uh, my grandma, she would, you know, she would make fresh horseradish and she she showed my it was actually my brother who he made it a point she's like my brother wanted to learn how to make it because it's so different you can only get that really sinus burning feeling because this is this is very typical of my brother he would of course at the freshest point like take the strongest smell of it that he possibly could (laughs) to give himself the most powerful (laughs) though painful sinus clearing sensation he called it a nosegasm Which is, uh, <laughs> but uh, so he wanted to make sure that she taught us how to do it so that we didn't um, only have the horseradish from a jar and he learned and uh, she showed both of us anyway every time I eat horseradish I always think about her <laughs> that's nice yeah <laughs> that's it man I really appreciate you doing this thank you And that is our show. Thanks for listening. Big thanks to our guest, Omid Mimar. Uh, thank you to the folks who asked this week's questions. Megan Culbert. You can find her on the internet at M-I-C-U-L-B-E-R-T. And uh, Sandra Holloway at Sony Indigo. S-A-U-N-I-E-I-N-D-I-E-G-O. If you want to ask a question to inspire one of these episodes of Creative Processing Podcast, you can email creativeprocessing at hitrecord.org or uh, ask the question on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, hashtag creative processing. And if you want to do something more than ask a question, if you want to start making some art, especially making art with other people inspired by some of these topics, come to Hit Record. People are drawing, people are writing, people are writing based on drawing, people are drawing based on writing, people are making music and movies and etc. Everyone's being creative together. And we've got a whole project that's about just stuff that's inspired by the conversations on this podcast. You can check out hitrecord.org slash creative processing. The producers of the Creative Processing Podcast are Raymond Way, Lexi Tankersley. Thanks to you guys. Audio produced by Keir Schmidt. Thank you, sir. Thanks to Cadence 13 and everyone at the Hit Record office. Special thanks to Box Studios in Locarno, Switzerland. Omid and I were actually in Switzerland at the Locarno Film Festival when we recorded this one. So thanks to you guys. That was a beautiful studio that we got to record in. And uh, most importantly, thanks to you for listening. And that's it. See you next week. Thanks again. 